You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Jaguars, part of the Locked On Podcasting Network. I am your host, Zach Goodall. Make sure to throw me a follow on Twitter, at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host here, Chris Thornton, who you can find on Twitter at Misto Christofo. Chris, say what's up to the people. Yo. I'm really impressed that we can that I can mouth our entire intro while you're speaking. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ver- you verbatim. know what? Sometimes you you throw me off and throw the word trusty co-host in there, which got me today. But I'll <laughs> I'll let it slide. If you think that I need to change up my intro, I want you to tweet at me saying that you do and give me some ideas. No, we're just do. consistent. We're consistent. That's good, except some people might think it's bad. So hit me up if you think I need to change it, but I like this intro. It's, it, it rolls <laughs> off the tongue really well, especially considering I've done it about 100 times. You can make sure to find us You know, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Go ahead and hit a subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Megaphone.fm, the free listening version of Locked on Jaguars. Bookmark the site, LockedOnJaguars.com, because Chris has a bunch of scouting reports coming our way, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. I got 10 in the works right now. 10 that he'll drop within the next five drafts. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that Uh, that 2022 class is good. Yeah, well, we've also got Chris's cousin coming on board to do some scouting reports for us to make up for Chris's... uh, How can I put this politely? Lack of interest of watching film right now. We've got bigger and better things going on in our lives, but I dedicate myself to the brand, like sleep and job interviews and all that fun stuff. Um, But we're going to go ahead and get into this Jaguars versus Redskins matchup coming up this weekend, breaking down the three most important matchups of the game. And uh, (laughs) no matter matter what matchup it is, this game's going to be really boring. That's kind of fitting for how this season has gone. It's going to be a really boring game that I might not even try and watch the entire thing of. Uh, but Chris is going to pull up some PFF numbers to give us better insights as to what these matchups look like. But on film and based on what we know of both teams, we've kind of got a good idea as to the important matchups the Jaguars need to win in order to win this game, their final home game at TIAA Bank Field in 2018 to get to five wins on the season. And we're going to start off with going against, I'd say, one of the weaker spots on the Jaguars team versus one of the stronger parts on the Redskins team. And there aren't many strong parts there. So we figured get this out of the way, get the people educated on what to expect from the uh, Redskins. That being their defensive line, it's been pretty solid throughout the year. Jonathan Allen is a guy who I was very big on. I mentioned him in a couple other podcasts that I was big on him in the 2017 draft as a potential Jaguars pick. Before Saxonville came about, I thought he'd be essentially what they tried to make Taven Bryan at the start of this year is the heir to Calais Campbell at strong side defensive end. And he's been doing pretty well throughout the year as well as a couple other guys. So, Chris, based on the PFF numbers, I mean, give me an idea as to the type of pressure they get because we sure as hell know the Jaguars like to allow a lot of pressure. Yeah, so uh, the Jaguars are one of the worst offensive lines i don't have a collaborative kind of breakdown of stats for allowed pressure but i saw a tweet where in the last i want to say three or four weeks the jags are probably 
I think 28th in allowed pressure, whereas the Browns are at like four. So uh, definitely not the Browns in allowed pressure by any means. But on the year, uh, well, let's see. It's kind of hard. I got to filter through all the people that aren't alive with us anymore. Uh, and that being Brandon, Brandon Linder, Andrew Norwell's dead, Josh Wells <laughs> is dead, Cam <laughs> Robinson's dead. Uh, oh, there's Eric a name, Patrick Flowers. Omame. Patrick Omame is on this list, and he's allowed three pressures in his 129 snaps. Uh, that's, Jeremy that's Parnell. Great. Jeremy Parnell that's... is alive. He Barely. has 39 allowed pressures on his 869 snaps. He's uh, not playing well at all, man. Someone in my mentions today said that he's been the Jaguars' best offensive lineman since he signed with the team. And there are three. There's um, let's see, three third to fourth stringers starting, and a second stringer starting from left tackle to center. And I'd venture to say the fourth stringer at left tackle and the third stringer at left guard are playing better than Parnell this year. I so I don't I don't know where that take comes from. I have all the pressures allowed by the offensive line categorized from most to least. And the top two names on the list are Jeremy Parnell and AJ Can. Uh, Parnell with thirty nine, AJ Can with thirty five, and I'm looking. And at, I feel like that. I feel like that's an expectancy because they've been healthy all year. But like, but but see, I thought there's that a too. drastic difference. There's a I, drastic difference. I thought that too, but AJ Can per PFF has only played forty more snaps and has twenty one more allowed pressures than Andrew Norwell. So Jesus. it's not it's it I was I had I threw that into consideration that they had more snaps, but then when you compare Can who has thirty five pressures to Norwell and Can only has let's see if I can quick math, forty two more snaps, uh but has twenty one more pressures, that's where you can kind of see the talent drop off from Andrew Norwell at left guard to what we have at right guard at AJ. Here's Kahn. Here's an idea. So tell me how many pressures and snaps AJ Can has real quick. All right. So AJ Can, do we want pass blocking or total? Pass blocking. All right. Uh, 513 pass blocking snaps. 513. And 35 pressures. 35 divided by 513. He's allowing pressure on 6.8% of his pass blocking snaps. Now do me a favor and plug in or tell me Patrick Omame's stats through the two it's been two games I'm pretty sure right that he started for Jacksonville keep in mind that everyone that he was playing pretty poorly in New York was released and picked up off the street by Jacksonville so he's their third string guard and through two games like I don't care if you think it's a small sample size like on the eye test says he's playing better and these numbers do matter 6.8% for AJ can and what you got all right, and then Omame has 88 pass blocking snaps with three allowed pressures. Three divided by 88. He's allowing pressure on only 3.4% of his snaps. Did you know Omame has five snaps at right tackle this year with the Jags? That I didn't know, actually. <laughs> That's interesting. That's very interesting, actually. <laughs> and then can you do the same thing for me with Parnell and Flowers? Yeah. Uh, Parnell, 573 pass blocking snaps to 39 pressures. 573 snaps. He's allowing pressure on the same rate as AJ can, 
6.8%. And then now, who do you want? Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers, all right. Uh, 158 pass blocking snaps and 16 pressures. 16. That's going to be a high percentage. Yeah, Eric Flowers is not doing that great. So <laughs> Parnell is doing better than the fourth string um, left tackle and pass pro. So I was I was a little wrong there, but Eric Flowers is performing well in run blocking. That's a that's at least a positive. So I mean, at least I can use that. What's his grade there? Seventy one point three, or the fourth highest on the team. That's pretty solid. I take and that. The two names above him are dead. So I have a feeling that he is going to be on the team next year on a new contract, not expensive, but like a two-year deal as the swing tackle with Will Richardson taking over at right tackle, especially if they're letting Parnell go, because I don't think Josh Wells is going to continue being the swing that much longer after an injury riddled year and didn't play too well when he was actually in there. So we could see, I mean, Flowers has vocally said that he needed the change of scenery. He's liking it here. Marone says that there are things he needs to sharpen up, but he's been happy with what he's gotten out of him for a fourth string tackle. I could definitely see him sticking around. Yeah, I mean, it's apparent that the Jaguars' O-line depth is non-existent, especially after this yeah. year. So uh, anybody who can <laughs> at least do f- decently well, I'm sure, has a spot on this team. Especially if they have starting experience, not just this year, because obviously this year is kind of crazy and almost anyone could get starting experience. But in general, Flowers has started for a couple of years, so mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll value that, especially considering he doesn't have an injury history, to my knowledge. He's been pretty available, and that's mm-hmm. going to be very important. They're, when they're scouting offensive linemen this year, I would almost guarantee the most important aspect of their game is going to be their availability. And that's why I like guys like Chris Lindstrom, and I won't get too much into draft, but from Boston College, dude has started 48 straight games going back to when he was a freshman. So... I wouldn't be shocked if a guy like him was on their radar simply because of that availability, let alone his skill set. Yeah, and I mean, versatility and health are definitely two things that you like to have on your offensive line, especially interior guys who can kind of shift out if they need to or shift in if they need to. Yeah, exactly. Switch sides even. Um, now, back to the Redskins defensive line. Um, if Do you have any pressure numbers on what they're able to do like i said jonathan allen big fan always will be yeah jonathan Uh, allen is fourth on their team in pressures uh he has 30 on the year five sacks seven hits 18 hurries uh behind matt ianitas who's also on the defensive line he has 33 and then preston smith and ryan kerrigan their edge guys have 43 and 49 respectively kerrigan actually has 10 sacks on the year he's their sack leader yeah, and he's always been a real good, seemingly underrated player. I always feel like he's just, for some reason, slept on, but he has the production of like one of the better edge rushers in the entire league throughout his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen have almost identical stats uh, across the board. Jonathan Allen has the edge in hits and hurries, but they both still have five sacks. And Payne is the tackle, right? Nose tackle? Yeah, if you want to call it that, I mean they run that three, that three four, but they almost both are kind of edges in a way. In a sense, it's just looking at the way they kind of line up. But I would say that Jerome Payne is the nose tackle, quote unquote. But uh, they seem to kind of rotate a lot there. And that makes sense. I mean they're versatile guys. Uh, Payne's also an Alabama guy, right? Yeah, both of them from the University of Alabama. Yeah, so they can they can provide that <laughs> power. <laughs> 
as well as versatility. So it'll be interesting to see some of the fronts that they give. But all in all, I mean, I guess this sounds like a pretty concerning matchup for the Jaguars. Yeah, especially the interior where you have probably your, well, I'll just say the whole offensive line is uh, weak. But the interior definitely, especially since you have Shatley, Can, and uh, I guess Omame's kind of a stronger suit on the offensive line. But uh, right. that, that right side is probably the more concerning part of this offensive line yeah and i mean that should just give the jaguars offense some concerns all in all which we're going to talk about after our first commercial break we're going to come back continue discussing the jaguars offense not as much in the trenches but what they need to do to actually get the ball rolling here today's episode of locked on jaguars is brought to you by a1 sliders are you one of hundreds of coastal northeast florida homeowners who struggle every day to open and close your sliding glass door? Why spend all the money it takes to replace your sliding glass door when Tony and the gang at A1 Sliders could save you money and repair your door for you? A1 Sliders is licensed and insured. They offer free estimates, upfront pricing, and will help you save on heating and cooling costs in your home from leaky sliding glass doors. And at A1, your schedule comes first. A1 Sliders is a fan of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, and in partnering with us, they will give you $25 off of any repair you order, no limit. Just mention Locked On Jaguars before getting your repairs done. Call A1 Sliders now for your free sliding glass door repair estimate at 386-538-6835, or check out their website at www.a1sliders.com. That's 386-538-6835 and www.a1sliders.com. And don't forget to mention Locked On Jaguars for $25 off of any repair you order. A1 Sliders License and Insured LLC covers the Jacksonville area from Fernandina Beach through New Smyrna Beach, based out of Palm Coast, Florida. Contact for more details on location and any questions you may have. Bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs this weekend and all season long at DraftKings, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. How huge? We're talking over $1.5 million in total prizes. With One Week Fantasy at DraftKings, you choose when to play. Draft a new team every week and no season-long commitment. At DraftKings, you are the GM. Just choose your players, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. No matter what your skill level is, there's a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. So if you've been thinking about trying one-week fantasy football, now is the time to play. Because nothing makes Football Sunday more exciting than when you have a DraftKings lineup on the line. You can play free with your first deposit to complete for your share over $1.5 million in total prizes. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app today. Use promo code LOCKEDON to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share over $1.5 million in total prizes. That's code LOCKEDON, only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Cody Kessler has, in my opinion, played better than Blake Bortles this year. People hate that idea. They can't stand that idea because they're so dedicated to Blake. If you're dedicated to Blake still, like that's great. You know what you do, you. It's definitely a personal thing and not an objective thing. Sorry if that offends. But not to say that Kessler's good like that's not they're not the same statement me saying that he's playing better than Blake has throughout the season 
does not mean that Kessler's good. That just means that Blake's been really bad. And when I say that he's played better, is that you have to think about the Jaguars' offense and what they like to do. They run a West Coast. Literally, you just have to be an accurate passer to at least do anything in this offense. And at the bare minimum, Kessler is that. He doesn't have great arm strength or great mobility or the ability to extend plays as much, but he doesn't make dumb decisions like Blake. He's accurate, unlike Blake. That's the bread and butter to this type of offense. So I don't understand why people get so offended when it's relatively easy to say Kessler's playing better than Blake has through his past couple of games. Yeah, I think people are just kind of... they were. I feel like they were so at large with Blake Bortles that they were expecting Cody Kessler to come in and be the Messiah. And when he wasn't, they were just like shook by it and they were just dumbfounded and since Cody hasn't necessarily been turning the ball over a whole lot but he also isn't making a whole lot of plays they're just assuming that he's bad and that Blake Bortles since he offers the ability to run on some plays uh that Blake Bortles was just light years better than Cody Kessler when in the case Cody's been playing pretty good football uh, just that his team isn't helping him out I mean even in the Thursday night game he just saw drops after like perfectly placed balls so uh it's not necessarily Cody it's just the offense as a whole is just not good and not very efficient and I agree but that's the thing is people love to say okay well we said the same thing about Blake and you said no he just sucks but there's very clearly an objective difference there Mm -hmm. like Kessler is doing what Bortles couldn't and while that's fair to say it's also fair to say that Bortles does what Kessler can't and that's being mobile like If he needs to move, he can move and make a play on the run. And that's great. That's like the last thing I'm looking for in a quarterback. I'm looking Mm -hmm. for a dude that can throw and running comes second. I like his ability to run, and I like it better than Kessler's, but that doesn't make him a better quarterback. Yeah, uh, they're looking for a silver lining uh, to salvage on this horrible, horrible season. And maybe any chance of, I don't know, validating trotting portals out one last time before they eventually cut him i don't it's know it's never gonna happen it's, it's, it's hard to rationalize this fan base sometimes it's and it's never gonna happen unless cody gets hurt blake's mm-hmm. not coming back on the yeah. field, guys I, I don't know what to tell you maybe they'll let him take like a final kneel down just to like <laughs> symbolize his his time here well, I, if we were, I, I if we're kneeling down that means we're we might be winning which might not be something that we actually want to happen yeah because we want a quarterback and <laughs> I have a feeling Haskins is declaring based on the reports that have come out that it really sounds like he's looking for agents. Um, I don't think Herbert's going to just, I mean, it's been so quiet about whether he would or wouldn't. It almost makes me think like he just doesn't want to yet. I have no clue, but I mean, maybe so we want Haskins. So we don't necessarily, and if there's only one quarterback at the top, like we, I'm not saying we want to lose. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, I don't think we really Losing losing much. sucks, but if it leads to a brighter future, then sometimes that's just the price you got to pay. Well, anyway, let's get back onto this Redskins game and Cody Kessler. Kessler in the Jaguars' offense. I mean, they're going they're going against a pretty decent defensive line, but the secondary, from what I understand, I haven't looked at the PFF numbers. I'm sure you've got them, but when we did our crossover the other day with Chris Russell, he was saying that that secondary is not what it used to be. Josh Norman is not the corner he used to be. They're just not able to make as many plays back there. They're giving up a lot of coverages. I mean, 
as long as the offensive line can do a not horrible job, do we think there are any chances at Cody Kessler being able to make a play or the Jaguars being able to move the ball? I mean, give me some numbers. What you got? Well, if you want to score and or get yards, you're going to want to target Josh Norman. Uh, he has the most yards allowed on the team, and he has the most touchdowns allowed on the team by uh, – oh, no, never mind. Quentin Dunbar's there. I was going to say by almost double the next guy. But So you're going to want to target Quentin Dunbar and Josh Norman, which I'm assuming are pro- – I don't even know if Quentin Dunbar's playing. He looks like he's hurt. But Josh Norman uh, statistically is their worst corner. Obviously, that I don't watch the Redskins, so there could be – some fluky plays and stats on there, like how they had a uh, that long Antonio Brown touchdown on Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but I mean, the secondary doesn't look great. Uh, looking at total yards allowed, they've let up yards wise, adding it up, they've let up 3,580 passing yards as a secondary, which <laughs> sounds like a lot of yards. I can compare them real quick to the Jaguars. Uh, defensive unit, which we is okay, and the Jaguars let up twenty eight hundred. So, about how much is that? Five hundred more yards through the year. Uh, I'm not doing the quick math, buddy. I already did my math um, of the week in our last segment. Did I say thirty five hundred for the Redskins? May maybe. I'm not. I I like one. Yeah, the Redskins let up thirty five hundred. So that's gonna be. Uh, actually, almost 700 more yards through the air yeah. that the Thanks. Redskins have let up. So, yeah, uh, not great uh, in a secondary department from the Redskins. Yeah, they let up. They've let up 23 uh, passing touchdowns, whereas the Jaguars have let up 15. So, uh, you can pass more through the air, and you could score more on the air through the Redskins. And I'm really curious to see what type of coverages they give Jacksonville because if they're not trying to murder Cody Kessler. I'm a, I'm sure they will. But I mean if the if the Jaguars can find a way to, you know, get some off coverages, like this has got to be a DD Westbrook game of the year, you'd mm-hmm. figure cuz I mean, he's truly become their number one receiver. Yeah. As as he should. I mean, I think that's why they kind of drafted him. I was they were probably surprised they were able to get him in the 4th uh, in the draft, right. but uh nothing I mean, just statistically looking, nothing really pops out. The only thing that I see that's kind of of note on this on this uh, Redskins secondary is that DJ Swearinger, their safety, is a pretty good blitzer. That's about it. Has well, a, I has mean, a ninety three point nine pass rush rating. He only well, has, maybe that's something we need to consider then. He only, but have. he only has twenty pass rushing snaps. He's kind of like DJ Hayden, where when they do send him, he usually gets home. He has two sacks on twenty pass rush snaps, but six total uh-huh. six total pressures on twenty snaps. So it's a pretty decent percentage. I'm now doing what you're doing, and I'm trying to figure. I'm going on to PFF, and I'm trying to see. I don't do they show like in coverage like coverage direction like yeah, uh receiver where receive where their secondary is allowing the most amount of catches and stuff like that i actually think you can do that uh, i know you can do that for the offense like you can see where receivers are getting the ball but i'm curious if the defense shows that because uh if so i mean like i said the underneath game should be wide open for the jaguars yeah uh i don't have that readily available 
but nope, no you know worries. what's kind of what's kind of disappointing is just kind of overlooking all the offenses of other teams, the NFL, like the uh, the Chiefs and the Saints, and it's really disheartening to see the amount of points that these teams are scoring up. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs lead the league in points with 471 on the year, and the Jaguars have 212. So, <laughs> but it could be worse. We could be the Cardinals. The Cardinals aren't even in the 200s yet. They're at 178. So, <laughs> at least the Jag- the Jaguars might not score a lot of points, but they're still top 10 in points allowed. They've only let up 273. The only teams, yeah. only well, teams they- better than them are the Ravens, Cowboys, Bears, Titans, Texans, Seahawks, and Chargers. Sounds like a lot of teams, man. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like two or three. Yeah. But I mean, I still, I think, I think the Jaguars' defense is still definitely a bright spot, and no one's willing to give them credit because, like we said earlier, people just want to find excuses. Yeah, people just want wins. Yeah, and they'll find a way to blame it on something else. But anyway, you mentioned the defense, and you mentioned how bad the offense has been, making the defense look even more positive. Which should take us to our next segment, which might offer some positivity. Let's get to it after these commercials. Winter is coming, and nobody has you prepared like Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone and any other gadget while you're wearing them. Perfect for any friend or family on that holiday gift list that might be getting cold uh, a little bit too easily. But they're also great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers and snowboarders, or anybody that just loves the outdoors or hates being cold. Action Heat provides toasty warmth and comfort for your entire body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like a heated base layer shirts and long johns. Action Heat is available in men's and women's and have great new styles and models just released for this winter season. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm even in the most frigid winter weather. We've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on. Or use the promo code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty warm while enjoying all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. The Jaguars defense is in for a treat, maybe, this upcoming week, going against a four string quarterback who was the first overall pick in the AAF quarterback draft this what, like two weeks ago? Exciting times for Josh Johnson. He was, Chris, do you remember what team took him? In, uh, the, um, I want to say the San Diego Fleet. I'm shocked that you can, like, remember these, these team names. <laughs> Johnson's 32 years old. He's been in and out of football during his career. I'm going to read off the teams he's been with. Yes, it was the San Diego Fleet. You are correct. Um he started after getting drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
He then went to the San Francisco 49ers, the Sacramento Mountain Lions, <laughs> Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, San Francisco 49ers again, Cincinnati Bengals again, New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts, Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, New York Giants, uh, Houston Texans, Oakland Raiders, San Diego Fleet, Washington Redskins. It's a lot of teams. All from now back to 2008. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's like two and, teams. That's two or three teams a year. <laughs> and his career statistics are six interception. No, six touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Jesus. 1,237 yards. 61.6 passer rating. 319 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. If you think that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a potential collusion case, <laughs> may I present to you Josh Johnson. The, the, <laughs> the perfect journeyman. He literally has been with like half the teams in the NFL. <laughs> Not the Jaguars. The Jaguars The Jaguars defense should be licking their freaking chops at this matchup, right? Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. The New York freaking Giants were up 40 to 0 on Skins and then they put in Johnson. Like after be benching, fair, Johnson scored like 16 points of those in that game. To be fair, the Giants put in a quarterback that had almost never been active at all by that point, I'm Is pretty sure. Is that Kyle Laletta slander? No. No, not at all. He's well, never played he, in an NFL he game. Slandered, before. He slandered himself though, because he went 0 for three and had like you know an I, interception you know, on the second snap. You know, I'd never try to, to offend you, Chris, with your <laughs> Laletta love. Love you, Laletta. Chris, Chris took a picture of Kyle Laletta at the Senior Bowl last year with him in front of the crowd. So essentially, you can say that they're best friends. I mean, <laughs> he. I was his personal photographer. I was there when they announced he was the Reese's Player of the Game, and. He, I took pictures of him with some fellow linemen like Jamil Demby, who recently unfollowed me on Twitter. Kind of hurt, <laughs> but nonetheless, Kyle Laletta, you always have a spot on this podcast. Well, so I think it's safe to say that with Josh Johnson, they're not getting a very good thrower of the football. They've got a guy that can run. That's just what he's known for is that he's able to produce plays with his feet, but he's really, really, really not a good quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so the Jaguars, if they can find a way to contain him, the defense should have one of their better performances of the year. At least that's what I think. Yeah. Cause their offensive line de definitely is not in any good situation either right now with the amount of injuries that they've taken. Does Jalen Ramsey line up on the left side or the right side more? I well left side for the defense looking on or if you're the quarterback uh, if you're under the quarterback looking at the defense he lines up I think more on the right side but they do switch it up a little right, bit well then AJ Bouye is gonna he's gonna feast you think so Josh Johnson apparently only likes to target the left side so is that is that a thing is that is in, in his 20 in his 21 passing snaps with the Redskins this year he has one attempt on the right side, nine in the middle, and then the rest on the left. So kind of hmm. middle middle left is where he's probably going to try looking. AJ Boye might save his freaking job here. Not that <laughs> I, I think Boye has come on more in the second half of the season. The first half of the season was not good. Um, 
And I'm not insinuating he'd get cut or traded, but I wouldn't have been overly shocked if it happened if he kept playing the way he did at the start of the year through the end. He's played better but. now that his running mates and everybody is healthy again. DJ Hayden, I, I like I, I've said all year, was a very underrated part of the secondary, and he was probably the most controversial free agent signing in the free agency period. Everybody was like, what? You're giving this much money to a nickel cornerback? Why not Aaron Colvin? But Hayden's played pretty well. He's made an impact. He even has an interception. I think he really has. Something Aaron Colvin couldn't do with, as, with the Jaguars in the regular season. Yeah, I, I've i been very impressed with Hayden. And if he, if he's going left to middle, that him being Josh Johnson, that DJ Hayden could double the amount of picks that Aaron Colvin ever had in four years here. Well, it's not really double because two times zero no. isn't two. I told you, man. An like, infinite number. I told, of... I told you my math was done for the year. <laughs> Mathematically does not compute with Aaron Colvin and the turnover okay, category so in the Jaguars. Two more <laughs> interceptions in like a three-game span. Than if Aaron somebody Colvin knows how stats work, here. if anybody that follows the podcast and has listened to this know how stats work, please let us know because I've always been curious how like percentages work when you're comparing zero to an actual finite number. You're using math and you're using big words. That tells me that we need to go ahead and wrap this baby up. Um, But I do think if the Jaguars, I mean, the Jaguars pass rush should be in for a good day. Brandon Sheriff has been on IR for a while and he was the uh, Redskins best lineman as well as some other guys. It's there. Can you, do you have pressure numbers on them just as a whole? I do. They've let up. Jesus. Well, actually, no, that might not be that might not be a lot compared to the checks. They've let up 163 pressures on the year, which is a big number. I wasn't expecting that. But the Jaguars let up 209, so it's actually not that bad. Uh, let's see. Who's let up the most? Morgan Moses has let up 28 pressures, and he is a tackle. So I don't even know where he is on the Mo- – Morgan Moses is better than Jeremy Parnell, understood. Um, but – Who's taking over for Sheriff? Sheriff. Well, let's see. Sheriff. Sheriff. I like Brandon Sheriff. I hope he comes back. Uh, let's see. All right. For the Washington Redskins offensive line, this week they have them slated trotting out Trent Williams at left tackle, Ty Niseki at left guard, Chase Rollier at center Austin Howard at right guard and then Morgan Moses at right tackle yeah and Austin Howard's so bad that he's not even ranked in the PFF right guard rankings (laughs) (laughs) maybe so that means there's at least 50 right guards better than Howard because they have right guard rankings for right tackle go all the way to 51 for Morgan Moses. So, David Bryan has been getting a lot more snaps recently. I wonder if he'll get his first career sack. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe a lot of things will happen for the Jaguars this year. Or in this game, I should say. <laughs> this is going to be a train wreck. Yeah, I, I'm not watching I think, this I'm game. hoping that it's going to be so bad that it's fun to watch. Yeah... I mean, that's our only I'd hope. Certain, I'd certainly hope so. Um, 
Ow, I'm trying to I'm grabbing some stats on Josh Johnson. He takes a sack on 8.1% of his career snaps. I don't know. Well, I'm going to pull up Blake Bortles real quick <laughs> just to get an idea because we know Blake Bortles has been sacked a lot. So I'd like to see what his numbers are there. But 8.1% of I snaps I need somebody who's like, like good with lot. like websites and stats to like create a website called like quarterback, Blake, like Blake Bortles quarterback comparison to where you can take any quarterback <laughs> ever and compare them to Blake Bortles in any well, regard. You can, you can do that on pro football reference. That's probably my go-to. But I mean okay. – a Blake Bortles centric site would be really great. <laughs> Bortles has taken a sack on 6.8% of his snaps in his career. And that number went down every year from 2014 to 2017. Then it went back up a little more this year to exactly his career average 6.8. But as of last, like last year in 2017, he was only sacked on 4.4%. So because the offensive line actually played really well last year. It did. Now, that means Johnson's taking 1.3% more sacks than Bortles ever has. And if you thought Blake Bortles was getting sacked a lot, the Jaguars better set freaking records this upcoming weekend for their pass rush 11, against 11. Josh Johnson. We want 11. Saxonville's going to be back. Saxonville never left, in my opinion. They just were disguised by bad scheming. But I think that should just about do it for us here today at Locked On Jaguars. So go ahead and make sure you subscribe anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to Locked On Jaguars. Bookmark the site, LockedOnJaguars.com. Got a lot more content coming your way there, and we will catch up with you guys later.